Prayer, what prayer would you like to say? Do you need a... Uh... A prayer start? God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Like internet? The courage to change the things that I can. And the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. It's always good to start off with a prayer. You know what I was thinking this morning? Is... Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Ashes to Rubies conversational podcast, where we talk about life and recovery. It's really good. I'm getting better at this. Um, what I was thinking is like, I'm still known for some things that I've done as a child. Are you? I don't know. Like basically, I'm, I'm a world traveler. So we were talking about, what were we, was that yesterday? We were talking about traveling. You... And I'm like, oh, I've been around the world like four times. And then somebody chirped. I think it was you. And said, yeah, you were like a kid. I was like, but it, does, it still makes it valid, doesn't it? So what do you mean by I'm still known by some of the things? Like other people don't say that. You say it. <laughs> You're the one that says it. But I traveled the world my, four times. And then when you put it in the reality, it's like I've only actually... I've only actually traveled very little of the world in my in my time it, on this world. It appears we're having connection issues. Oh my goodness. Isn't that isn't that just like isn't that just like us having connection issues? I think it'll be all right. Yeah, in my own head, I grew up in a certain spot and I feel like part of my childhood brings that into adulthood and I just feel like, yeah, I'm like you want to be known for things that you did as a child. Is that what it is? I want to be known as a as a traveler. I've been around. Well, other people don't think to themselves, well, that John Ruby, he's a world traveler. That John <laughs> Ruby, he's... He's a cultured world traveler. But do you think there's other stuff from your childhood that has brought into adulthood that you still perceive yourself as? That I've brought into my adulthood? Yeah. Um... Not really. Not really, no. Like, there was really nothing that I was known for. No, <laughs> you weren't known. Just a... But, like, the hockey guy. The hockey guy that played 15 years of hockey. Like, as an adult, is he still, like, in his mind, I'm the hockey guy? I don't know. I'd have to ask him. <laughs> anyway. Fun stuff to think about. In my mind, I'm, like, I've, I'm very cultured. I've flown around the world four times. So I know what I'm talking about. But then when you put it in the context of, like, you're 12. You don't even remember. But so you just came back to Canada when you were 12. Was I 12? So or, yeah, 12. Grades, grade 7. It's not like you navigated seven. foreign culture and international streets all by yourself. No, but we played on the streets. And, and there was an activity that I was involved in about flying kites and glass string. And we would, like, fly kites in the neighborhood and we would have kite fights, and I, I wasn't very good, but I was good at like catching them. But I think, like now that I look back, were the were the Indonesian children letting me? At any rate, I watched a movie many years later, and it was called The Kite Runner, and I'm like, this is a thing. Like they made a whole movie on me. Yeah, so part of me still lives in that. I think. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, maybe one day when I grow up, I'll have a new, <laughs> new, identity. A new identity. But I think that, yeah, we can easily live out of our false identities. Mm. And that's not really my identity. It's something that I, I, I grew up in. And, but. Anywho, maybe it is part of my identity. Who knows? Or you just want it to be. I just want it to be. I'm John, the cultured traveler. <laughs> Understanding the world. As a, like, I remember in, in Bogor, where we lived, there was... 
like just street food. And my parents were like, do not eat street food. Like that is, and as kids, we get a little allowance. So we'd always eat the street food. But now that I think about it, they literally had four bowls throughout the whole day. So you're getting your, your, your ramen, your fish, fish ball ramen in the same bowl that like 40 other people had. And they just have water that they dip it in. Like, man, we have so much antibodies in us. And then they threw up a, guess what the first fast food restaurant in, in Bogar was? A&W. That was a good guess. It was Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah, I knew that. Did you? Okay. <laughs> there you go. So cultured. So cultured. All right. Let's get into our meditation. It is August the 19th. Um, a frame of reference, this is called. Referring to our list again, so that's the inventory. So we're going through this process and we get to this inventory process where you look at your heart as a corner store and you want to make an inventory of all the stuff that you want to get rid of. You only have so much space there. Putting out of our minds the wrongs others have done, we resolutely looked for our own mistakes. Where had we been Selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened. Mm. There is a wonderful freedom in not needing constant approval from colleagues at work or from the people I love. I wish I had known about this step before because once I developed a frame of reference, I felt able to do the next right thing, knowing that the action fit the situation and that it was the correct thing to do. We've been talking a lot about this, about the bondage of self, about the weight, about the burden that I need to be recognized, noticed from the world around me, from you. We go into our relationships very consumeful of I need you to meet a certain demand or need that I have for me to be okay. And so when we get to this part of recovery, um, we get to... Forget about you and my resentments with the world around me, uh, things that have troubled me with, um, we call them resentments, so a refeeling over and over again. And we get to look at our own, our own, not our part of it, because there's some resentments that we don't have a part, whether it's abusive situations or whatever. We don't have a part in that, but what am I holding on to and what have I done to perpetuate that to the world around us? Mm. And so then I can take this inventory and go, well, fear has really been at the center of a lot of these things. And, and where there's God's perfect love, it casts out all fear. So if I still have these fears on the store shelf of my heart, then am I really being guided by God's love or am I still being driven by the fear? And I want to cast out all the fear. So we take the inventory and go, what do you do with that inventory now? Do I work against it? Do, what, how do I get like, so when I see all this stuff on the inventory shelves, what do I do with that then? Oh, you're asking me a question now? <laughs> that sounds, just keep <laughs> sound like a question. Just keep talking. Just tell us. Just tell us. Well, what was your... My experience was previously before there's something I have to do with it. Like I have to... I see all these things. I see these fears. And now I have to work against them. Now I have to like, you know, put myself in situations so I won't be fearful. Or I, I recognize this fear of punishment. Or I recognize this fear of, you know, having my 
you know, disabilities be exposed. And then now I have to try to work against them so that I overcome these fears. Mm. So that's just putting on more burden and more guilt and shame because I'm never going to be able to do that. So basically when I see this inventory, I just have to admit that there's nothing I can do about it. Ah, okay. And then I give that to God and his power as the manager of my life. He gets to take what he wants to deliver me of. And so I can't deliver myself and free myself. It's actually the power of God that gets to free me. Hmm. And so that's the beautiful thing about going through this process is we get to do it over and over again because I think there's, there's always more. There's yeah. more freedom and more freedom. And we've been, we've been free of substance abuse for 15 years. But it doesn't mean that we can't gain more freedom in our lives as we continue to grow in our spiritual contact with God. That's a beautiful thing about a relationship. It's true. Growing. Either it's dying or it's thriving. <laughs> the law of aerodynamics. Mm. What is that law? <laughs> if it's not thriving, it's dying. <laughs> if it's not flying, it's crashing. Um, very good. That. Anything else you want to add? about your inventory, about really seeing not your part, but the, the, what did this process do for you? What did it show you? What did it, um, well, I think it's easy for me to look at other people, people, places and things and blame my external circumstances for how I feel inside. Mm. And then I'm looking for external circumstances to make me feel better inside. And so the process helped me see like, oh, I, there's actually, like, a solution inside. There's an issue inside, and there's a solution inside. Very good. Which, that feels more hopeful, because then I don't, I'm not counting on other people to make me feel better. Mm. I'm not counting on my life to improve or a better job to make me feel better. Or That's a beautiful thing about getting to this point of recovery, going, like, I'm separated from God, I'm disconnected from God. That's literally the opposite of addiction, is connection. Mm-hmm. And we get to see that and go, this is hopeless. Mm -hmm. And only God. And that's where the hope actually comes in. Mm -hmm. It's not what I can do for myself. It's what God's going to do for me. So the life that God offers is a life of freedom. It doesn't mean you're going to be rich, healthy, wealthy, and wise. (laughs) It means you're going to be free. And you're going to be a witness and you're going to have purpose to pass on the message. There we go. Let's look into our storerooms and give that to God today. Um, Maybe you got stuff in your heart that you're harboring and holding on to and it's causing you weight and it's causing you pain and and hurt and insecurity and, and all of that stuff. Would you be able to go through this process? And if you want to have a little more help, we have a thing called Life Lab and it's a uh, 17 week workshop to help you walk through that process. So join online. Uh, Other than that, we'll see you tomorrow. Keep the peace, be of good behavior, and wash your hands.